Think about what is true for many homeowners. You save up, you buy a house, put down that down payment. If all goes well, every month you're able to pay the mortgage and start to pay down the debt over time. And also if all goes well, the value of your home increases. And that's great. And in fact, if you look at most people's net worth, what you will see is a very, very meaningful percentage of people's net worth tends to be the equity value of their homes. That's the good news. The bad news is you can't use it unless you sell the house. My friend, who was one of the, the people who inspired me to think about this business, which is he had all of this equity in his home. He had a financial need to, to use it, but the fact that it's trapped inside your house, it doesn't give you any utility. Support provided by Skyflow. What if you could build fast, but not break privacy? What if you could ensure data privacy, governance, and compliance with just a few API calls? What if you could worry less about PCI requirements while actually improving privacy and security? How much more time would your team have to truly innovate? How much faster could you build and ship new features? How much more powerful could your app be? Skyflow is a zero trust data privacy vault delivered as an API. Skyflow's radically simple design lets you collect, secure, and tokenize personal information like card data and payment details. And with built-in features like encrypted data analysis and sharing, anonymization, and advanced governance, your days of choosing between data security and data usability are over. Whether you're just concerned with PCI compliance or need to go further to include CCPA, GDPR, SOC 2, and beyond, Skyflow has you covered. What if you could build fast but not break privacy? With Skyflow, you can. Visit skyflowsecure.com today to learn how. Welcome to FinTech Confidential, bringing you the people, tech, and companies that change how you pay and get paid. Welcome to another episode of FinTech Confidential. I'm Ted Huff, your host. We're bringing you the most innovative minds in the FinTech industry. Today, we have the pleasure of hosting Jeff Glass, the CEO, co-founder of HomeTap, a company that's revolutionizing homeownership financing. HomeTap provides homeowners with a smart alternative to traditional loans, allowing them to tap into their home equity without taking on more debt. Jeff, welcome to the show. Ted, thank you so much. I'm so excited to chat with you today. Well, Jeff, we've realized over many of these episodes that not everybody just kind of gets into FinTech because they grow up as a little kid. Most people want to be firemen or policemen, heck, even cowboys. But FinTech doesn't fall on the top of the list. So I'm curious, can you share with us what your journey getting into fintech was really about and what inspired you to venture into it yeah i'd love to to i when i was a little kid i thought i was gonna be a professional bowler so have, have you ever had one of those on your show you know you know you are the first professional bowler visionary or yeah i guess we could call it that on the show uh, yeah bowling meets fintech that's that's what i'm all about <laughs> uh, uh, look it was about seven or eight years ago it was 2016 and uh within a very short period of time i by by pure co coincidence sat down with uh with a couple of young folks who were talking about how difficult it was to purchase a home and the amount of capital that'd be needed in order to put a down payment down and then within a few weeks later i was sitting down with a friend of mine told me this horrible story about how his mother-in-law had gotten sick his wife had just lost their job and despite the fact that they had built up all this equity in their home over many years 
they were forced to sell their house in order to pay for the care for their uh, mother-in-law. And it just got me thinking, gosh, there's got to be a financial solution here that doesn't involve just more debt. A home is such an important part of people's lives. And uh, that's how it all started for me. I- I've had family pass and going through that. I've also got myself where I've bought and sold homes, sometimes in a good way, sometimes in a bad way. I didn't always exit well. And it's made me approach the way I look at home purchases and investments in general. Can you tell us about how your early entrepreneurial ventures and how they shaped your approach to business? Wow. That's a great question. Yeah, I've been a serial entrepreneur. Uh, so I've been, uh, been working on various businesses most of my life. And one of the things I, I think that has shaped me a lot is recognizing the fact that when you build an interesting company, uh, you're not just building something that might hopefully have some financial benefit to shareholders and investors and those involved doing something that's kind of helping people or helping other businesses. And so I would say as I've gotten older and and more experienced and more entrepreneurial experience, it becomes more and more important to me to not just focus on businesses that have good financial opportunity, but equally, or in my case, I feel even more importantly, are doing something really good for others. It makes me curious as I was looking through your background and you spent some time at Bain Capital Ventures. How did that experience influence your decision to start HomeTap? It influenced me a lot. So the story on how I got to Bain Capital Ventures was I had been a serial entrepreneur. I had been involved in three small businesses for 15 or 16 years prior to that. Bain Capital Ventures had been an early investor in the third one of those three. It did fairly well. And and honestly, like being an entrepreneur is hard work. I had uh, young kids. So I had three children. They're all, all pretty young. I was pretty exhausted from 16 years of serial entrepreneuring, if that's a word. And I thought, gee, I, I think I'm only qualified uh, or hopefully qualified to either start companies or perhaps to be helpful to other people who are involved in starting companies. As I was very fortunate that after my business was acquired, Bank Capital Ventures offered me a role inside their partnership. You talked about the company being very mission-oriented. Can you share the origin story of HomeTap and what the driving force was behind its creation? Yeah, I look at it. It does lead a little bit back to your previous question around what you learn you know, during my time as a venture capitalist, which is the, the businesses that, that I saw that did the best. And frankly, were the teams were the happiest were the businesses that not only had a financial goal, but had a real mission and soul to their businesses. And I, I had the privilege of seeing, you know, not just companies that I was directly involved with, but you know, tens and hundreds of companies that we're involved with as a firm. And you really start to see that, that those companies that have a mission, that have a soul, that have a purpose, they're more inspired. They do better. They outperform and they're doing great for the world. And so, um, so back in, this is years later after my time as a venture capitalist, I was back at the operating side and I was looking to start another company. And without question, I went through a couple of years of saying, okay, I want to start another business, 
but the business has to have a purpose. It has to have a reason for being. And as I described, I had these personal situations where I was you seeing anecdotally how people's homes were not working for them and how homes were in you know, home ownership was inaccessible. Or even when you had a home that wasn't necessarily working to your advantage. And so that kind of led me. I was not a serial residential real estate entrepreneur. I wasn't a resi guy. Uh, I wasn't an asset backed guy, which is terms that you'll hear in my industry. I was just an entrepreneur trying to find an idea that had a real purpose to it, uh, where we can make a difference. And that's how HomeTap started. How has HomeTap's mission evolved since that initial thought? It hasn't. So on day one, once we got real conviction that there was an opportunity here to help homeowners and build something lasting, we we began the business with this mission of making homeownership less stressful and more accessible. We began that journey focusing on homeowners who, uh, I would say, fall into this category of being house rich and cash poor. So you're a homeowner, you've lived in your home for a decade or more, you've paid down interest, you, your home's appreciated, you've done everything right. You now own a big percentage of the equity of your home and your home's worth a lot of money, a big percentage of your net worth. But yet, we all know this. Life happens, both positive and negative. The, the opportunities of life to renovate your home in a way that makes living in your home nicer and creates more family memories uh, or fund the small business that you're working on, send your daughter to college or the challenges like my friend who had this healthcare emergency with, you know, with his in-laws or, uh, or you're dealing with trying to pay down some credit card debt or you're dealing with you know, divorce or some of the harder parts of life. And so those mm -hmm. challenges and opportunities, they hit us all. What we realized was there's an opportunity for your house to really help be the solution. And our financial products are really designed to help homeowners around them. I really would like to understand in a little bit more detail, like how is HomeTap driving its mission to change homeownership financing? So let's take a typical homeowner who's doing fine, right? The tens of millions of American homeowners who've been in their house and they pay down debt and things are generally fine. Um, and now some opportunity or challenge comes up. Historically, if you needed to deal with that and find capital to take advantage of that, you did one of two things, which is number one, you might further refinance, right? You borrow more, which means you have more monthly payments, more debt, you know, a little more stress in your life, some more constraints around your spending and what you need to do. It's not a horrible idea. And in fact, it's the right solution for many, but not necessarily for everyone. The second alternative you would have is you could sell your home, right? My friend that I described, he had, I think he had seven or $800,000 worth of equity built up in his home. He needed to free up a hundred to order to pay for his mother-in-law's care. But yet in his situation, because he couldn't borrow, they sold the entire house uh, in order to free up the cash that they needed to pay for the care. It's a little bit like you had $700,000 in the bank and the bank says you can't take out a hundred. You can take it all or you can take none, but, you know, but we're not letting you take out the hundred. And so, um, so what we've created is we've just created a third alternative. And this is an alternative that should resonate with, with your listeners because, you know, it's, it's what, Business people and entrepreneurs and investors do all the debt all the time, which is an equity based solution. So instead of us lending a homeowner more money against the value of their house, 
by giving them more debt, more monthly payments, and more burden, what we do is we give them capital today. And in exchange, we take a percentage of the future value of the home when down the line, the homeowner sells, refinances, or chooses to buy us out. Jeff, can you share some specific strategies or initiatives that HomeTap has implemented to achieve these things for, for homeowners? Yeah. So, look, when you're a financial business, a lot of people think the, the whole ball game is in having a creative financial product that where the numbers make sense for, in our case, homeowners. And absolutely, that needs to be true. But the thing that I've certainly learned in this business and in some previous businesses is it's not just about the product or, or another way to think about it is the product isn't just the product. It's the whole delivery mechanism and experience around the product, particularly when you're creating something new that requires people to understand it, where, where there's not a lot of other examples, where it's something as critically important as your home and something of significant financial and emotional value to you. So what I would say, um, amongst the, in addition to us being innovative on all the data science and analytics and capabilities in order to construct a financial product that can make sense for a homeowner and make sense for investors. The other thing that we've worked tirelessly on is the whole homeowner experience. And that involves both the culture, our operations, our process, our technology. How do you surround the homeowner so that they understand that they're at the center of the wheel? They're the reason why we exist. They can trust us. We're never going to do them wrong. And everything we tell them is basically is done in a way where we're just letting them make the best decision they can for themselves. And so there's a lot around that. It's not just the financial product. It's everything else that surrounds it. Well, that, that makes me wonder, like, how does HomeTap ensure the transparency and clarity is there for the homeowners? It's such an important question. So transparent. I think the key, if you want to be successful with a financial product, it starts off with the homeowner has to trust you. And the homeowner can't trust you if the homeowner doesn't understand what they're buying. And the homeowner can't understand what they're buying if it's too complicated. And so you need to make it understandable and as simple as possible, which means not having lots of T's and C's and exemptions and this and that and rules and all the sort of stuff that maybe historical financial companies have sort of layered onto these things. So a big part of this thing is really working on simplicity. How do you simplify the product? How do you simplify the process? How do you train our internal people, give them the right economic incentives to always do the right thing for the homeowner? Really working on all of those building blocks. I would say it's, it's you know, there's not one magic thing that you can do that makes this happen. It's really the sum of 50 or 60 small things that in aggregate create a product that a homeowner can understand. Therefore, they can make a decision and they can do what they're doing. When you expose the transparency and you provide that clarity and incentivize everybody within the internal and external organizations to provide the best experience, that then changes a lot of the key problems that you are having to solve for. Because a lot of times those are the key problems that people are solving for. Could you express to us what HomeTap has focused on solving in those key problem areas and how the homeowners are benefiting from your solutions? 
what we're trying to do is we're trying to provide capital for a homeowner to, to help them solve whatever the needs are in their life that requires that. They fall into these two buckets, the, the challenges of life and the opportunities of life. And so think about things like I'm paying off debt or I'm, um, I've got a health emergency or I'm unfortunately getting divorced and I've got all of our assets in one single fixed asset, our home, and we'd like to turn this illiquid asset into something partially liquid. Or again, the opportunities of life. I'm, I'm trying to fund my daughter's college education or fund a new business or renovate the home. Those are the sorts of things. So that's what we're trying to solve for. That's the big picture of what we're solving for. I'm trying to make it as easy as possible for homeowners to understand what that capital looks like, what it's going to cost them under different scenarios, what happens to their house value over time, and really have simplicity in the process. So like one small example of something that we do that I don't think uh, many financial services companies do, which is we give the homeowner one point of contact all the way through the process. From the second they come in the door and they want to understand more to all of the information that we need to the, how is it going to work? So what happens once they're, how do we close the investment? They have one person the whole way through. They're not being sent to different departments and different organizations. It sounds like a little thing. It's actually a hard thing to pull off operationally. It's a fairly expensive thing to pull off operationally, but it's an internally consistent decision, operational decision that we've made that supports the broader picture of simplicity, transparency, make it easy to understand. And if you do all that right, homeowners will trust what you're doing and they'll trust their ability to make a good decision. You'll be able to have a good business. And equally importantly, you'll be able to have homeowners who are really happy with the decisions they've made. Can you share a specific success story for a homeowner who's benefited from having that single point of contact? Oh, yeah. We... um I'm so glad you asked that question. Your favorite one, actually, is what I'm looking for. Uh, my my favorite one. We had, um, I will misquote this. Uh, so one of the things we're very proud of is that we have uh, thousands of homeowners who've taken the time to write about us on sites like Trustpilot. So we're close to a five-star out of five-star review, which is virtually impossible for a financial services company because in financial mm-hmm. services... It's hard. It's difficult. There's a process. There's underwriting. Unfortunately, not everyone can be accepted for a home tap investment. So when you're faced with that, it's very difficult to maintain a five-star review. And so we have one of the top brands, the top consumer financial brands. Uh, you can see all the quotes. And the other thing we do is we anonymize these things, of course. Uh, but in our monthly all-hands meetings, I have one tomorrow, in fact, we will share a couple of homeowner testimonial and stories about how homeowners have used our capital and how we're fulfilling our mission of trying to make homeownership less stressful and more accessible. But but one of the quotes, and again, I'll butcher this, is we had one person who was so happy and excited about getting HomeTap capital that the quote was, working with HomeTap was like a breath of fresh air. They've changed my life. And, and if you go to Trustpilot, you will see, you know, thousands of people who express that sentiment where we're freeing them from the burden of debt. In many cases, they're using our capital to pay off other debt. And so not only do we not increase their debt stress, but they're using it to reduce other debt stress, clean up their balance sheet, improve their FICO scores sometimes, be out of the burden of debt and just be able to live a less stressful life. 
for the time that they're in their home. So it, it's, I mean, it's, it's why we created the business. It's, it's why we get excited to go to work every day. And, and I'm really proud of it. There's a quote that you've used multiple times. You've even mentioned it already today on the show, the house rich, but cash poor. Can you walk us through how HomeTap addresses this challenge? Yeah. So think about what is true for many homeowners. You save up, you buy a house, put down that down payment. If all goes well, you every month, you're able to pay the mortgage and start to pay down the debt over time. And also if all goes well and over periods of time, historically, this has of course been true. Home prices rise. And so the value of your home increases. And so the combination of your house getting, becoming more valuable and the debt mm -hmm. going down as you're paying off the interest means that you're owning more and more of the equity of the home. Your debt as a percentage of the total value of the house goes down over time typically. And so many, if maybe most homers over time wind up in that situation and, and that's great. And in fact, if you look at most people's net worth, what you will see is a very, very meaningful percentage of people's net worth tends to be the equity value of their homes. It's a great way to continue to build up equity and long-term savings and, uh, and net worth. That's the good news. The bad news is you can't use it unless you leave the house, unless you sell the house, mm -hmm. right? So um, as in the case of my, my friend, who was one of the people who inspired me to think about this business, which is he had all of this equity in his home. He had a financial need to, to use it. But the fact that it's trapped inside your house, it doesn't give you any utility. It looks great on paper. It makes your net worth grow. But in terms of personal utility, personally, like being able to improve your life or do the uh, handle the priorities of life today, it doesn't necessarily help you. So when I think about what it means to be house rich and cash poor, I think about those homeowners of which there are many where your net worth is highly attributable to the equity value in your home, but your actual liquidity, your actual cash, your ability to spend on the things that matter to you is under stress. And so that's how I think about what it means to be uh, house rich and cash poor. The thing that I also think a lot about here is that ironically over time, for many people, the value of your house increasing in a way makes you even more house rich and cash poor. The house rich part you get, which is if your house goes up in value, you're, you're more house rich. That's a good thing. But the cash poor part is, you know what comes along with the fact that your house is increasing in value? Your property taxes go up. Your insurance goes up. You know, the maintenance on the house goes up. For many of us, as our cost of homes, the value of our homes goes up, we actually start to feel even more poor because the cost of staying in that house increases, but our, our income isn't necessarily increasing. Just because our house value is going up doesn't mean that our income is going up. And so that's why there's this squeeze on many, particularly middle-income American families. We've we've started our business our, uh, focusing on this product that, that helps them. That was a fantastic explanation and, and so deep into understanding how you perceive the house rich cash poor side of the house. And you'd mentioned earlier that you don't say yes 
to everybody. Who would you say is the ideal customer for HomeTap? Unfortunately, we can't say yes to everyone. Um, we continue to work on product innovation and ways to be able to offer product to expand it to more and more folks. But to the number one, again, if you're focused on a product that's helping people who are house rich and cash poor, uh, the, the number one, uh, criteria for you know, us to be helpful to you. And frankly, for you to even want our capital is that you have to have at least a decent amount of equity built up in your home. So we tend not to be that attractive to very recent home buyers who haven't yet been in their home long enough to have built up that equity, either by paying down debt over the years or from their home appreciating over time. We tend to be um, really attractive to homeowners who, again, are kind of middle class, doing fine financially from an income and net worth standpoint, um, but they're not rich, but they're doing fine. They're like, they're like most of us. They're, and they're, um, and they've been in their home for seven, 10, 12 years. Uh, they've built up all of this equity and now they have some capital need. The other place where we tend to be really attractive is you think about folks who are 45 to 55 years old. You're kind of the most complex part of your financial life. Your parents are getting older. Maybe they've got some health issues or just need some help financially with whatever's going on in their lives. Your kids are getting older. And so maybe they're going off to college or maybe you're trying to help support them as they start their independent lives. You've been in your house for 10 years and the kitchen really could use a bit of a renovation and you really want to stay in your house for at least another five or 10 years. You know, you want to do that. So you, you kind of pull, you're looking over your shoulder. You haven't really started that 401k contribution as early as you wish you did. And now you're looking saying, Hey, I'm that retirement's maybe not that far away from me. You've got all this complexity going on in your life. And then you realize, wow, I own 50, 60 and some of our homeowners, 70, 80% of the equity value of their homes. Uh, gosh, maybe what I do is I'll sell off a percentage of this to home tap. And I'll be able to use that capital for something that's even more important to me than whether or not I own that extra X percent of the home value. So that's really the sweet spot. Uh, there's a range, of course, but that's really the sweet spot of, of homeowners that find HomeTap to be particularly attractive. How would you describe how HomeTap tailors the overall services for that particular demographic? First thing that we do, well, in some ways we don't, because it, what I'd say is one of the strengths of HomeTap is that we don't put restrictions on how the homeowner can use the money. Our view is it's it's your house, it's your money, it's your equity. You should do what you want to do with it. Um, so that's that's our philosophical approach. I will say that from a marketing standpoint, since we do see the common use cases of how people tend to want and use our capital, we do tend to, to market around those use cases to, so that if people are in market or poking around trying to find, you know, capital, which historically would be borrow to go renovate their kitchen, we might show up there and say, you know, home tap may be an interesting alternative for you to think about for that renovation. So we do focus our, our marketing on that. And a little bit of a, of a nod towards the future, 
you know, we work really hard. This is a lesson I've learned as an entrepreneur, which is it's way better to do a couple of things super well than to try to do lots of things in a mediocre fashion. Having said that, you know, we've done a really great job with this product and it's grown nicely and it's scaled nicely, working very hard to think about what that roadmap looks like and how do we continue to add more value and be aligned with our homeowners so that we're more than just money for homeowners. We're able to help them with other things that, that where we can be helpful. Can you share with us some specific steps that Home Tap, Home Tap takes? Wow, that was a tongue twister. Uh, to ensure that the services provided to the homeowners actually are a really good fit for them? Chargebacks drain revenue. It may threaten your ability to process payments, but they don't need to be a cost of doing business. You can resolve up to 40% of chargebacks before they're ever filed. Here's how it works. When one of your customers contacts a participating bank to dispute a charge, you'll be notified. At that point, you can avoid the resulting chargeback. It's fast, easy, and effective. You can be set up and preventing up to 40% of chargebacks in just 48 hours. So first of all, there's a, a there's a rigorous underwriting process. So you need to make sure that you're eligible for a home tap product. The second thing is that we work really hard to make sure that all of our people who are talking to homeowners are well trained uh, on all the ins and outs of the product, and, and equally importantly, not just the mechanics, but really have empathy for the homeowner um, and try to understand what the homeowner is trying to to accomplish. The third thing is. Right. We're, we really focus on making sure that, you know, nobody has any economic incentive to push money. Right. So, you know, whether if a homeowner comes to us and they're looking to solve a problem of X thousands of dollars, there's nobody who makes any more because the homeowner takes twice that amount or how much the homeowner takes from us. We don't care. Like it's just, it's as long as they're qualified for the amount. It's up to them to determine how much solves the problem in their lives. That's a really important part of our culture and making sure that. And then the other thing we do um, is, you know, besides all of what you would expect in a financial service product <laughs> in terms of you know compliance and regulatory and oversight, the other thing um, is really important is we've provided a lot of tools for the homeowner that are simple to use, calculators so that you don't have to build your own spreadsheet to be able to say, well, if I take this much and my home goes up in value or goes down in value, you know, what will that cost me at the end of a certain period of time? So I think the combination of all of those things is what we put in place to really make sure that the homeowner knows what they're doing, why they're doing it, and feels feels really good. One little anecdote I'll share with you that we're really proud of. As I mentioned, we we work incredibly hard to build our brand and to build trust with homeowners, and we've done really nice with site reviews. But if you look at our stats today, our reviews, they're really high across the board, but homeowner satisfaction and scores for HomeTap are slightly, they're great across the board, but they're even higher for the homeowners that have completely got, not only taken a HomeTap investment with us, but have settled that investment down the line because they sold their home or they refinanced this. And to us, that's really a great sign that we're doing things right, which is you took money from us and you loved us. And then X years went by and now you sold your house or you reached an S or you bought us out and then you love us slightly even more. And so that's <laughs> to me incredibly rewarding to know that people who've gone all the way through the cycle, you know, are, are excited to have done business with us. The real estate market 
has shown over the long term of continuing to increase. But that doesn't stop it from having downturns or corrections, as it's called a lot of times. How are you seeing or how do you perceive the current market for home equity investments? And where are you seeing HomeTap fit in? I think you're right, which is for sure. If you look historically, you see that residential real estate is is one of the most uh, resilient asset classes over time. And for sure, you see that residential real estate, like all asset classes, stocks, bonds, equities, anything else you could name, they go through cycles and they go through periods of, of up and down and cyclicality. Uh, I think that's another one of the benefits of of home tap for a homeowner, which is if you're a homeowner, you're a portfolio of one. You have one house in one market and you have a huge percentage of your net worth tied up into this one asset. Whereas, you know, if you're home tap or our, our investors who are investing in pools of these things, they have the benefit of a diversified pools. We've lost money on individual investments. Of course we have. And we always will because homes don't always go up in value and sometimes bad things happen. Uh, but the beauty of it from the investor side is that you get this broad, diversified portfolio over a longitudinal period of time. And so it works out, you know, ideally has so far, knock on wood, will continue to work out for investors in a positive way. Um, but for the individual homeowner, when that one in whatever percent goes, goes wrong, it could be really painful. And so it's, it is a nice, added benefit of the fact that we can kind of take on more risk than any individual homeowner necessarily wants to take on. What I'll say about the current market is um, it, it's it's uh, it's a tricky one, right? So what you're seeing right now is home prices are flat-ish. They're slightly starting to slightly come around nationally in terms of increase. There has been a period over the last you know, 12 months or so where home prices have declined. And that's on top of the fact that we've seen real inflation. So in, in real terms, they, yeah, they've declined uh, a decent amount. Uh, and that's just, that's part of the business, right? So our view is we can't predict what's going to happen to home prices or stocks or bonds or interest rates. Nobody knows what's going to happen in the short run to this stuff. And what you've got to do is you've got to build a business that can be resilient enough to sustain itself during those down periods and not get hurt too badly and be able to take a long-term view that says in the long-term, long-term averages will likely prevail and we'll have a, a really good business over a long period of time. And we're committed. We are, we're not in this for a, a quick a quick hit, right? This is a business where we really are on, uh, have a vision to build a long-term durable company that someday, you know, is a brand that all homeowners have heard of and where top talent who cares about doing something good for the world wants to come and work. What are tr some of the trends that you're observing in the fintech space and particularly in relation to home equity? Yeah, there's several trends in, in the, the residential real estate space that are happening right now. So the first is you're seeing a dramatic impact uh, from the fact that in the Fed's efforts to fight inflation, right, we've seen a historical quick rise in interest rates. Mm -hmm. And so what has that done uh, from a residential real estate standpoint, which is number one, it has made it difficult to, or more difficult to purchase a home. 
because the cost of borrowing has gone up. Mm-hmm. Number two, it's made it a little bit more challenging if you previously thought you might want to do some kind of cash out refi or second lien mortgage. It's made it more difficult to contemplate more debt because the cost of that debt has gone up. Uh, number three, for sure, you've seen you know, some homeowners who might otherwise be in the market to sell uh, right now, maybe staying in their house a little bit longer because they don't want to have to go buy on the other side, sell house A to go buy house B. So for sure, you've seen the impact of rising rates and inflation uh, have a pretty meaningful impact on housing. Now, if you go back 12 months ago, what people were forecasting is that there would be this, or what some people were forecasting was that there would be this very steep decline in house values. And as it turns out, there has not been. Uh, there's been some decline, but there, and a softening, but there hasn't been a steep decline. And the issue is because in the, in the U.S. housing, uh, market, you also still see pretty close to record low levels of supply. And like any good, anybody who's taken microeconomics knows that, you know, price is at the intersection of where supply and demand meet. So even if demand is a little bit slow because of where interest rates are, if supply is limited, there's just not that, you know, not that far for price to drop. And so prices have held okay. We're starting to see prices start to increase again. We're starting to see a little bit more velocity in terms of homeowners. Um, home transactions still slow, certainly compared to previous years. But we believe that what you'll likely see is a new normal. And once we all get out of the longing for yesteryear of super low interest rates and we reset our psychological point of view and our emotional, uh, emotional ability to recognize where rates are today, things will start to move back towards more normal kinds of transaction volumes and refinancing volumes and uh, and such for homeowners. I will state that it actually has increased the demand for home tap product because in a in a world where the cost of borrowing has gone really high and where your discretionary income has been reduced because of inflation so you're like your real after tax after inflation affected income is now lower the idea of taking on more debt is even more uh, troublesome or worrisome. And so on the margin, if you have a choice of a more equity-like product such as HomeTap that isn't charging you interest every month versus taking on a product, we're starting next month, I got to start making more payments. You know, we, on a relative basis, start looking more attractive. So with all of these changes and the way everything's been moving around, as you mentioned, interest rates have gone up. I, I think... Five, they're about 500 basis points higher than what they were um, at the lowest point uh, from the Fed. And you mentioned also that the inventory has been really, really low. How has HomeTap responded to these trends and all of the different market dynamics? Weaver's that gets a little bit to the last answer, which is with all those market dynamics, the need and desire for home tap like products has grown. And so for us, it just makes us feel even more impassioned about this is our moment to, to deliver on our mission to help make home ownership less stressful. Um, and so like our team's been 
we're working hard. We've been, we've expanded into more states where, um, where we've raised additional, uh, capital in order to be able to deploy, uh, over the next, well, hopefully continuously deploy, but in particular, you know, capital that we can deploy over the next 12 to 18 months. Um, we're ramping up our marketing efforts. We're trying to do everything we can to make sure that we're operationally able to satisfy the demand that we see. And I will tell you, historically, even when interest rates were really low, uh, we have never been constrained by the homeowner demand for our product. There's always been more homeowner demand for what we do than our capital ability to actually say yes to all of it. So we're working hard to raise more capital and continue to refine our technology and operations so that we can continue to scale and, and help the homeowners. That's, that's why we exist. Well, I'm going to ask you to pull the DeLorean out of the garage and we're going to go to the future. Well, just to be clear, we have uh, the Glass family has three minivans, but go on. I, uh, DeLorean oh, would sound lovely. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. All right. All right. So we'll pull the minivan out of the garage. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll set the date to the few sometime in the future. What do you see the future holding for HomeTap? And can you share with us some of the goals and plans that you do have for the company? Yeah. I mean, if I look over the next three to five years, if I could click my heels and make it all happen, I'd say, number one, we've delivered on this homeowner promise. And so we've become a really trusted and well-known national brand where where homeowners want to come to us because they know that they're going to be taken care of. They sort of seek to do business with us. So I'd say that's that certainly would be on the top of my list. Uh, I would say... The second thing is we will launch multiple products. So today our main product is this product that's focused on house rich and cash poor homeowners, which has done incredibly well. But there's a lot of other products that we can launch, uh, both financial products and non-financial products that are aligned with homeowners that really, and the number one criteria when we think about new ideas is the first thing we think about, is it aligned with our mission around making homeownership less stressful and more accessible? It's not what are the margins on it or how, what's the size of the market or how easily could we sell it? The first thing we look at is it aligned with our mission of making home ownership mm-hmm. less stressful. So I'd say that's, that's probably, um, the second thing. And, uh, gosh, the third thing, what would be third? I would say number three, if it would be, we've done such a good job on the cultural side of home tab and creating career development and career opportunities where we're not only a nationally known brand amongst homeowners, but we're a nationally known brand amongst the most talented people who really not only want to build a great career and professional skills and have their own personal development, which all of our, all of, all of us as employees deserve to aspire towards that, but also want to be part of an organization that's committed to doing good. And so I think if we can, I think we're in a great place on that. I'm really proud of, of the team and we've been blessed with some nice awards and recognition for what we've done there. But I think there's still more we can and will do. And so over the next bunch of years, we're going to continue to, to make that stronger. How are you envisioning the, the overall landscape of equity, home equity investments and how are they evolving? And what are you looking at to prepare for these changes? I asked myself the question, how long do we get to call ourselves a startup? Um, 
And, and I think you get to call yourself a startup, uh, until the point where what you're doing becomes so obvious that all of a sudden lots of other, uh, companies tried to, uh, enter the market because they wanted to skip the, uh, the difficult, also fun, um, but certainly ambiguous early years of is there going to be a market here and, and how hard or easy is it going to be to build it? Uh, you know, what we do and, and, and adjacent products to what we do are really important. I think there's a massive market for it. I think there's massive demand for it. There's massive need for what we do. And so I just, I really can't imagine that this won't be a big industry. And as a result, I can't imagine that that will not attract multiple competitors uh, and additional competition in the space. It would be naive to to think otherwise. When I was a venture capitalist, you know, venture capitalists like to ask the question to businesses, well, what's, you know, what are you building that's defensible? And, you know, there's lots of things that you can build. You can build your brand and you build your operations and your technology and you've got some data science and some analytical advantages. And there's things for sure, things that you do to try to build your defensibility around your business. Um, and they all have the good old moat with a good old moat. Um, but I actually think the number one that, you know, there's a few businesses that have really structural moats. I was a, an investor, um, at Bay Capital Ventures. I, I led our investment, you know, many, many moons ago in LinkedIn. What an amazing company. What an amazing team, amazing founders and vision. They built a serious moat. I mean, let's, you know, who's, <laughs> how are you going to go get a million of the world's, or I should say a hundred million or a billion or, I guess when we invested, they had 17 million. I don't even know what their number is now. I'm sure it's in the billions. Billions of people to connect and put their information and all their network together. That's a pretty defensible business. But for all the rest of us, you know, I think that the way you defend your business is that you don't stand still. So, uh, we can do all the things I mentioned, build a brand and build great culture. And we will and are, and we can build some defensibility in our analytics and how we go to market and distribution and partnerships. All those things are critically important. And, and we think about them every day. But the most important thing we can, I'd say the two most important things we can do is number one, build a culture that self perpetuates where the brightest people who are most motivated around our mission and doing good for homeowners want to come to work. And number two, don't stand still. So while new companies are trying to emulate what we did two years ago, we're already working on what's going to be done two years from now. And that's, that's the key to defensibility, particularly in competitive spaces like ours where, uh, where lots of folks want to participate. Well, I'm not going to ask you to reveal any secret sauce or any secret projects, but are there any upcoming features or services that you would be able to share that HomeTap customers would look forward to? Well, we recently launched, because I'm certainly not going to share any forward secrets. <laughs> Appreciate the effort, but it's just not going to happen today. Maybe you'll have me back for another uh, another episode. Uh, you know, we recently um, launched a product called the Home Equity Dashboard. And the Home Equity Dashboard is a product that allows us to have ongoing engagement with our homeowners. Uh, what we're working towards is you're being able to add more value for homeowners, not just in providing them with capital, but being able to over time provide them with a lot more than just capital. And so this home equity dashboard, which helps homeowners think about the value of their home and the value of their equity and certainly allows them to look at their home tap, um, 
capital and what that looks like and what it would cost if they wanted to settle with us. And it has a bunch of features and functionality associated with that. For us, a, a launching point for hopefully doing a lot more uh, for homeowners, again, all aligned aligned with this mission, aligned with the, with the mission. You having been a serial entrepreneur, I'm guessing that you might have some advice to someone who's trying to decide what products to focus on. If you could give that one sentence, one piece of advice on how to determine what to focus on, what would it be? I would say focus on a product or a service that you're passionate about. This is hard work. We've been at this over six years now. Um, and we've got, we've got way more in front of us than we have behind us. And we're already six and a half years working on this idea. And so it's hard work and it can be stressful. Uh, in fact, it's rarely not stressful. Even when it's going great, it's stressful. Cause when it's going great, you're like, how do I make sure I don't blow this? And when it's going poorly, you're like, how do I make sure I don't <laughs> fail? So either you're stressed out and, and you know, you're an entrepreneur, you're a CEO, you've got, if you're, I think if you take your job seriously, you care an awful lot about your team. You care an awful mm -hmm. lot about your capital and your investors. And you definitely care a lot about your customers. And so you don't want to let anybody down. Forget about yourself. You don't want to let anybody else down. So you come to work every day saying, what can I do to make sure that I you know, keep everybody going strong and I don't let anybody down? So this is, this is hard work. It's stressful. It's long hours. I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. I've been doing this for 30 years. Hopefully I'll be doing it for another 30. But I'd say you got to love what you're doing. You got to be passionate. Uh, about about what it is you're actually delivering. So you mentioned loving it and being passionate about it. What are some of the key considerations that should guide them to deciding whether it's something they like or if it's something that they love doing? I would break this into something a little bit more subtle. Besides just the what you're doing, I think there's a lot of people out there who want to be an entrepreneur or want to love being an entrepreneur, but really don't. And to look, there's a lot of reasons not. <laughs> I would love to understand that distinction. Look, there's a lot, there's not a lot, there's a lot not to love. Like it's, you're, you're starting a company from scratch. If you're doing something interesting, it means it's really hard because if it wasn't, somebody would have already done it. Most of the people, you know, when we started HomeTap back in 2016, I started talking to people from the residential real estate space and the lending space, both on the homeowner side as well as on the capital side. Everybody said there's just no chance this thing is going to work. But by the way, that's what they said about a lot of other businesses, right? It, it's hard to think about something that doesn't exist yet. And that's a little bit of a challenge to the status quo. So like it's... There's a, there's a lot not to like, uh, about being an entrepreneur and it's not for everybody. And so I think that's the first question people will, and there's, look, there's no shame in not liking it, right? Just like different strokes for different folks. I have some friends who, who've been incredibly successful and worked for many, many years inside larger companies and have over time taken on, 
you know, more and more responsibility. And I listen to their lives and their jobs and how proud they are and how much satisfaction they get. And they run companies that everybody's heard of. And like, I, I, I look at them with a lot of admiration. Um, and they're super happy. And, and frankly, they look at me without a lot of admiration. They say, like, what was Glass thinking starting another company in 2016 you know, when we started working on the idea? So it's, I think everybody needs to figure out what makes them happy and not, not try to do what you think you should do or what you think other people think you should do, but what really makes you happy. I was starting companies when I was 18 years old. It, I mean, don't tell my board this. My board's not going to hear this, bo- this podcast, are they? Well, I mean, I, we, we hope that they subscribe. I bet they will. But no, I say, <laughs> I say that jokingly, which is like, I, I, I was doing this stuff for free, you know, since I was a kid because it's just what I love to do. I say, don't tell my board because I don't want to, you know, I don't want them to cut my salary. Well, you, you but, prefer to continue to get paid. I get it. I, I, I don't mind getting paid every once in a while, but, um, but I would, I, I, it's what I do. It's, it's what I would do for fun in, college, it was my extracurricular activity. So, so I think that, you know, if you can find a, what you love to do, um, and then on top of that, you know, you find a product that you really believe in. I just love hearing the stories about homeowners are using our capital and how we're making their lives mm-hmm. better. And I say, you know, every hour I'm working is worthwhile because we're, we're making people's lives better. And what else should I be doing on this earth than than trying to contribute in some small way. So last question of the day before we say goodbye, I'd love it if you could share a specific lesson or experience from your entrepreneurial journey that has been decades in the making that has significantly influenced your current approach to business. One for sure that I really feel strongly about, uh, that I think younger entrepreneurs in particular, maybe myself included back, back moons ago would have stepped in, you know, on the wrong side of this, which is don't optimize for ownership, optimize for success. When entrepreneurs hear that, they think about, okay, well, maybe that means I shouldn't fight that much with capital about, you know, how much they're going to get for their investment in my business. And the answer is maybe you shouldn't, because if you can find the right capital partner who's going to help you be successful, then on the margin, the binary element of success or failure is way more important than anybody's individual ownership. But I think it goes beyond just like pure dollars. I think it goes into ideas of building a team sharing responsibility, letting people grow. I still work on this. I, I can't say I'm, I'm, I'm not guilty of this, but like, like let people grow and prosper and let them be successful. And, and, and doesn't always have to be about you and, and do the things that allow the company and the organization and the mission to be successful, whether it's with your team, whether it's with your investors, um, that optimizes for the binary element of let's be successful together as opposed to the sharp elbowed of whether it's money or, you know, role and responsibility. I still have a way to go in maturing on that, but I'm certainly a lot more mature about those topics than I was 30 years ago when I was working on my first company. 
Jeff, we've talked about a lot of stuff today. We've talked about home tap. We've talked about the origins. We've talked about your entrepreneurial journey. Is there anything that we might have missed out or some additional things that you want the audience to hear? If there's one thing to maybe take away from my experience at HomeTap, it's that professionally speaking, I'm the happiest I've ever been in my life because I'm working with amazing people who all share this mission and feel passionate about what we're doing in the world. And so if you could find that, work hard to get that because if you could do that, if you solve for the team and you solve for culture and you, you solve for, you know, your employee team satisfaction, then everything else can get solved for. If with having a great team and a great motivated team and a powerful culture, you're going to have motivated team who's doing a great job for your customers, which is why HomeTap has such amazing you know, homeowner testimonials and, and reviews and satisfaction scores. And you'll do a great job for your investors. Because you'll build a great product and you'll figure out how to do it with economics and business model that makes sense. Like everything falls into place if you sort of put that first and, and you personally will be happier because we all want to contribute. We all want to be successful and, and be successful, not just for our own families, but, but for others. And at least for me, that's, I feel very grateful and, and appreciative of the fact that I'm, I'm in the best place I've ever been in across a long entrepreneurial career. Jeff, thank you for sharing your insights, the incredible work that HomeTap is doing to revolutionize home ownership financing. And to our audience, we hope that you found this conversation nearly as enlightening as we did. And remember, HomeTap is providing a smart alternative to traditional loans, allowing homeowners to access their home equity without the burden of debt. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe, share, like, follow, leave your comments. And as always, stay tuned for more insightful conversations on FinTech Confidential. Thanks so much, Ted. Support provided by Skyflow. What if you could build fast, but not break privacy? What if you could ensure data privacy, governance, and compliance with just a few API calls? What if you could worry less about PCI requirements while actually improving privacy and security? How much more time would your team have to truly innovate? How much faster could you build and ship new features? How much more powerful could your app be? Skyflow is a zero trust data privacy vault delivered as an API. Skyflow's radically simple design lets you collect, secure, and tokenize personal information like card data and payment details. And with built-in features like encrypted data analysis and sharing, anonymization, and advanced governance, your days of choosing between data security and data usability are over. Whether you're just concerned with PCI compliance or need to go further to include CCPA, GDPR, SOC 2, and beyond, Skyflow has you covered. What if you could build fast but not break privacy? With Skyflow, you can. Visit skyflowsecure.com today to learn how. 
This has been a production of Diamond D3 Media, with all rights reserved. This is provided for informational purposes only. It is not offered or intended to be used as legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. We strive to provide accurate and up-to-date information, but will not be responsible for any missing facts or inaccurate information. You comply and understand that you should use any of this information at your own risk. Cryptocurrencies are highly volatile financial assets, so research and make your own financial decisions.